So before we get started uh, with this episode of Chewing the Fat, I just want to thank and dedicate this episode to all the veterans out there, uh, active and non-active, and uh, definitely to the ones who sacrificed it all for us. We thank you. God bless. Welcome back, season three, episode one, Chewing the Fat with Porkchop Williams. I am Porkchop Williams. Man, we have, I haven't done a show since May of this year. Lots been going on, but on today's episode, very special guest, my new wife, my only wife, first time being married, hopefully my only time being married, Deborah Williams. Welcome to the show, babe. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? You're waiting for somebody to say, we're doing good. Okay, restart. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, so uh, let's just get, let's just jump head first into it. I'm going to ask you the question that everybody wants to know, okay? Am I not the sexiest motherfucker you've ever met in your life? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got married September 10th, but let's back up. Okay. Uh, we bought a house in April. We're purchasing a house in April and we moved out here and I'm just now getting my man cave, my bar up and running to where I can do these shows and actually come out here and hang out and party and watch TV and all that good stuff. Yeah. Our, my sister, Susan, well now our sister, Susan and her husband, um, came through a lot, um, with this house and letting us move in and take over and uh, it's a godsend i'm less stressed living here more space and kind of a peace of mind with all the family around yeah so it's, so, it's awesome and it's cool that we didn't have to pay market price for this thing now to get to all the bullshit that everybody else is going through yeah if you guys want to buy a house find a relative who's sick of their shit and get it they just wanted a whole new scene and didn't want to put it on market because this land has been passed down through generation through generation through their with you know their family and uh, I don't blame her if I had something like that I wouldn't want to get rid of it to just a random person either so right. if 
super thankful that she considered us to take over. And, uh, and yeah. it's a nice, a long way yeah. from the from the trailer hood. Yeah. Come a long way. So uh, <clears throat> let's back up. Let's back, 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 back. Oh, Lord. We're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about me. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people, um, a lot of my listeners, a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, um, a lot of them don't really know you. So I thought it'd be good to bring you on since we are married now and to give everybody the chance to get to know you and get to know us and, and who we are now. Um, so, um, before we met, before there was two teenage boys living in the house, all that, Deborah Lee was an infant. An infant. An infant. Okay. And <laughs> it was, it was you, your mom, your dad. And In your 1932. <laughs> <laughs> it was you, your mom, your dad, and your three sisters, right? Yes. Living where? In Rocky Mount off Meadowbrook Road. Meadowbrook. That's where I was pretty much raised from birth until yeah. about, I think it was 11 or 12 when we moved. Where'd you move to? Moved to um, Sunset with my sister. She had gotten out of an apartment. And we were kind of like down. Your sister, out. which one? Susan. Susan. Yeah. Well, we, we all got kind of separated when we were moved off of Meadowbrook, and I went and stayed with my friend Jessica and her family. And so your so your other two sisters, your mom, your dad, all them moved in with Susan. Oh, no, my dad died when I was six. Okay, tell so us about it was that. just my mom and us four girls. Six years old. Yes. How do how do how do you pass? Uh, he was shot in the front yard of our house. Oh, wow. It was a money dispute? Uh, I'm not 100% sure exactly what the argument was. Um, uh, uh, the guy that was married to my aunt, Sharon, um, I guess him and my dad had some type of altercation of and they were disagreement. Friends. They were friends. You know, my dad owned a roofing company called Tim's Roofing. And, um, and what year was that? That was well, I don't know what year he started the company, but um, in 91 is when he was killed. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, it was um, 91 when he passed away. I say they had some type, my dad had the roofing company, and um, I don't know, they had some sort of altercation and argument. Things in the, went bad. Yeah, and he came <laughs> to the house, and they kind of had him. Physical altercation. Your dad, what was that? Well, I don't, I don't really know. We weren't able, like, we were told to stay away from the windows. Yeah. Um, but. So yeah. you and your and your three sisters were in the house. Yeah. Your mom was outside. Mm, no, I, I'm okay. So, when my dad got a phone call, and I remember that part. And he picked up the phone and had some words with uh, Steve, and um, uh, then he told mom to keep us in the house and when i guess he saw steve pulled up he went outside um then we watched from the window a little bit and they were fighting in the front yard arguing back and forth pushing and then um i don't know they separated my dad went to his truck steve went to his and is your dad going to get a gun no my dad did not have a gun in the truck he had a baseball bat i think 
But um, that bad. <laughs> yeah, but see, my dad wasn't about pulling guns on people. Like my dad he had, had a, he had marriage. a pretty hot temper when he was drinking. And was he drinking at night? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, he he had actually given himself over to Christ. Okay. Um, several months before that, and had. You know, refrain from drinking and, and, as heavy. And, and all these memories are very vague memories. Yeah, have. but I remember, you know, those past few months, things had gotten a lot less hectic at home. Yeah. And he was going to church, and he was, you know, just trying to not be the big party guy. And So everything that I heard about your dad, I heard about your dad before I ever met you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tim, Tim Dilda had a uh, pretty... Uh, good reputation around the area um always willing to help somebody always uh hard working stayed busy uh he was one of the top roofers in the area yeah uh, a lot of people say the top roofer <laughs> i've heard stories about him keeping set up. roofs he was, in seconds yeah. <laughs> i mean he never i've heard stories about set him and nail him. that's what his yeah yeah, yeah his I've, I've, I've heard a lot of stories i've heard stories about him keeping up with nail guns and he was hand nailing yeah he didn't do the guns the yeah and um I heard that stories, those stories from the Marlows who are very popular and um, have a reputation around here with the roofing. Yeah. Um, okay, so you were six years old. Your dad got killed. He was shot by this guy, Steve. That Yeah, he was married to my mom's sister. Okay. And they live really, really close to us on the same road. Yeah. And um, my, so my dad, of course, had a dump truck that they would throw the shingles into after they, you know, pulled them off the roof. Right. And uh, I, some reason there was some type of altercation about Steve wanting the keys and I don't know. But he was drinking and my dad, I guess, didn't want him to have it because of that. And, you know, get it. And uh, I don't know if it was because of some type of job that they had to do. I don't, I don't know what caused the argument, right. but, um, N nonetheless, it was, hit, it was your daddy's shit. Yeah. The man was drinking. He told him no, and he got pissy about it. Yeah. And then your daddy ended up ultimately losing his life because of something so stupid. Yeah. He pulled out a shotgun and, um, I didn't know it was a shotgun. Yeah. It was, or maybe I did and I forgot. Yeah. It, um, was a shell and you know, the shells ricochet. It, um, was it buckshot? Yeah, part of it went through the back of his truck, like through the side of it and through the back of back seat of well, the tail. It, it shoots out big pellets. Yeah, so like shards of it went through the side of the tail, I mean, of the bed of the truck, um, and then went through the back of the truck. Like there was holes um, yeah. that had to be puttied and painted yeah. over. And then the other part um, went, one. well, one of the shards hit him in the chest and it... Um, ruptured one of his main arteries and it to his heart, main artery to his heart. And he was living, like he was alert and talking before the ambulance got there. Um, Mom says he was alert and talking um, in the ambulance. And then I guess he coded and they weren't able to bring him yeah, back. He passed away in the ambulance. Turn. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say about that. So Not hundred percent because, of course, I wasn't there for all of it. Yeah. Um, we did witness the shot and him falling um, because, even though we weren't supposed to be near the windows, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, kids. Be traumatic, man. But it's, you know, kids are gonna. Yeah. But um, when <coughs> you know they had to call nine one one with my mom. So it was a pretty dramatic scene out there with all the lights and people running around. <sighs> yeah, and we were, you know, 
just trying to mom's trying to keep us in the house, but at the same time she's trying to go be with him and see yeah. what she can do to help him. Y'all crying and yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty dramatic, but you know. Yeah. Um I can imagine. If you weren't I know my sisters, like they they tried I remember my sisters grabbing me and like holding me and you know, so that I wouldn't run out behind mom and yeah. because, you know, when mom outside she would told them to keep me inside and That's so right. I do remember them like grabbing me and like yeah. Pulling me back and stuff. I don't know about you, but when I was six years old, my dad was untouchable. You know, yeah. like that was, he was, he was, you know, that was the man. He was, yeah. he was the man in the household. He was king in the house. And he was, he was the one that, uh, he was our provider and he could, you know, he couldn't be hurt. <laughs> so I imagine that's pretty tough. Uh, my dad got shot with a shotgun. Yeah. Um, he died also. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was luckily, um, Able to be resuscitated and brought back. He ended up losing his leg and lived many years um, without a leg. I think he lived like 30 years after that. Yeah. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so moving on. So that happens later on in life. You move out. You go stay with a friend. Um, well, kind of doing your own thing. After my dad died, like my mom did her best to hold it together. She, you know. She was, I mean, nobody's perfect, but she did her absolute best. She, um, she worked and provided the best she could. I mean, there was a lot of times where, you know, we had to go without things and, um, but I mean, we were all together and we had a roof over our head and Jennifer was like my second mom. She was always yeah. that mature one that you look up to and she's still like that. She definitely is. And, um. <laughs> I feel like I can talk to Jennifer about anything. Yeah, uh, she's she's really level headed and she's always been really smart. Which all of them, all of my sisters, are just super smart. But, um, yeah. So like, if if Jennifer, you know, would pitch in when she, and Susan when she got a little older, she would do her best to pitch in around the house when mom was working with the younger ones like me. Right. And um. She just seems like a good atmosphere, you know, for something to happen so bad, you know. Well, yeah, and I have my granny, and my granny was like my go-to after her dad passed away. That I, was your dad's mom. Yeah, yeah, my granny and my aunt Anne and my uncle John, and you know, my, all now, my dad's was, family was, where was there for me. Where was the other aunt in all this when all this was happening? Which aunt? Sharon. No, I'm not sure. I think she might have been home. I'm not. I no, no. I so, too. so at the aftermath, I mean, was there like a a distancing? Did she was she supportive of him? Was she, you know, the hell with him? That's you know. Um. No, because I remember her and her taking her kids to see him in prison. Uh, so uh, I don't know. Are those her, are those his kids? Yeah. 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 And um, what uh, but they, uh, they got divorced right after that, so I'm not really sure what, yeah, like how that all went. Well, he, well, he went away, so it's probably awkward for her to come around the family and like. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I'm sure for her it was you know just as hurtful because that's her sister's husband yeah, and he's, he's her husband, and it just it kind of it probably put like some kind of oh it divided edge. the family yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. my mom and her are still close and then you know it's not yeah. neither one of their yeah, fault that's so. Right. So he's he's since got out of prison. How long did he serve? Uh, from what I understand, it was like two and a half years ish. How? 
I don't even know. From murder? It was involuntary manslaughter. He went to he his didn't. truck and got the gun? Yeah. So it kind of sounds premeditated, but from what I understand, um, it was involuntary because he didn't actually point it at him. Um, it was kind of like one of those things that just happened from the shot, but, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that all went down. I was only six for the legal legality or whatever, but, um, that's crazy. Yeah. He was not in very long. You think your dad would like me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He would have had a drinking buddy for sure. (laughs) That was good. Yeah. He was a pretty good guy. He just, you had to. You kind of had to be one of those easygoing people around him because if you said anything sideways, his temper would go from zero to 100 and he would be out there fighting like hell. I know somebody like that. <laughs> that's kind of why I don't drink that very heavily. I would drink a few and that's I cut it off because, I mean, I've always felt like you can inherit those addictive personalities and I don't want to follow that footstep of right. anything. And, Right. I just don't want to. Oh yeah, I definitely get limits. it. Yeah, I definitely get it. My dad was an alcoholic, and um, I try not to have those same traits. I like to drink. I love to drink. You know, what I mean? it's just that's what I do. Um, I'll probably drink the dad die. I hope not, but I probably will. Yeah. So I'm just being a realist. Um, all right. So later on in life, um, you went and stayed with a friend. Oh yeah. I went to, okay. So we lived there for a while. Um, mom got hurt at her job. She was working for CSX. Uh, she got hurt, um, and messed her knee up really bad. Had to have knee surgery. And so she was out and while she was out because she had to, I guess, get insurance for the surgery and all that pay for it. Um, she got laid off and, um, so she wasn't able to go right back to work after the knee surgery or anything like that. So times kind of went hard and down pretty fast. And we got, um, we had to leave the home and my, um, my mom had to go stay in a motel room and my sister Christina went and stayed with our older, my dad's older daughter. Um, and you have another sister? Yes. What's her name? Lisa. I've never met her. I know about her. I'm just, and these questions I'm asking, you're probably like, you know the answer to these, but it's for the listeners. Okay. Because all these other listeners, they're like, when you say my other sister, they're going to say, wait, she has another sister? We didn't hear about this one. Yeah. Well, she lived right next door to, next door to us um, when we were, when we had to move. Um, like she was 16. I was six when the whole, or she was 15, something like that. But when the whole situation went down in 91, but as time goes on and I'm 11, 12, she's older, she's married, got kids, she's living next door. And my other sister, my sister, Christina had to go stay with her so that she could go back and forth to school. Cause she was still in high school at the right. time. Sorry. And then, um, I think Jennifer was living in Greenville, I believe. And, know exactly where Susan had to go after that. Uh, I'm not 100%. That's fine. But um, then Susan, you know, was working and she was able to get on her feet a lot quicker. And so, um, anyway, when we got kicked out of the house, I had to go stay with my friend Jessica so that I could go back Jessica. and forth. Uh, it was Willard. I'm not sure what her married name is right now. Gotcha. But she moved. So I haven't really like saw, seen her. I speak to her on Facebook, but that's. Gotcha. Um, you know what I mean? Her family took me in, and that way they could make sure I got back and forth to school like I needed to with them. 
And um, yeah, so I stayed with awesome. them for a little while. And the mom stayed in a motel. Susan, Christina, Jennifer, or elsewhere. And then Susan gets a place on Sunset in one of the apartment buildings. And she offers mom for us to come stay on her extra bedroom until mom can get on her feet. And then uh, we got flooded out by Floyd. And then... Uh, at 99. Yeah, we were... Yep. Well... Yeah. 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 We got flooded out. And then we ended up... She ended up moving to an apartment in Bethlehem. And uh, mom found a trailer in Nashville. And that where me and Christina went to live. Um, and then... So you were 14, 13... Some, yeah, 13, 14, like that, something like that. But yeah, that's when I went to Nat Central Middle. Um, and then on a northern from there. So, fast forward, um, you meet a couple guys, you have a couple kids. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, those didn't work out, obviously. Uh, still have pretty decent relationships with those uh, individuals. Yeah, Tristan is um, Devin's dad. He um, we haven't been together since he was a baby, but um, you know we have a pretty decent relationship. I mean, I don't have any hard feelings towards him. He's he's a real good dad to Devin and his own his other kids. And yeah, I don't have a bad thing to say about him or his family. They're they're pretty good people. I even have a pretty good relationship with Tristan when we get around each other. Yeah. Um. So fast forward. Um, coming to hard times again, staying with a friend. Uh, y'all go out one night on the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friends are hanging out with your friends mm-hmm. and me and you meet. All right. So let's talk about that night. Okay. okay. <laughs> so your friends and my friends are, are hanging out and, um, <laughs> and I'm drunk. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to some of your people about my wrestling shows I've been putting on, and yeah, and I'm just you just seem very, uh, huh? I was just standing by listening. Yeah, you just seem very uninterested. Not uninterested. I was so uncomfortable. Like yeah. I had not been out in a while, and yeah. that was kind of a, like I don't know, a fish in shark water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Use the pun we're at sharks and shooters, and uh. <laughs> And uh, later that night, I was out front hanging with some people, and uh, my aunt was there. Yeah. And she runs outside, and she's got you behind her. She's like, hey. And I was living with my aunt at the time. <laughs> I was living in this big back room. I had, like, my living room set up in there, and my bed is set up where well, her bed that I was sleeping in. It was great. And um, it sounded weird. We're not sleeping together. <laughs> yeah, <she said laughs> her bed I was sleeping in. Yeah. She had another bed that she slept in another room. Um. <laughs> So she runs in there, and I'm having all these people over. We're having this party, cookout, and um, for the the fight, the big fight coming up, the McGregor fight. Mm-hmm. She runs out, and she's like, "Hey, you gonna have any single guys at your party, fight party?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "I'm bringing her." And I was like, "Hey, I'm single." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, okay," and walks away. And she was like, "Deborah, Jeremy, Jeremy, Deborah." And okay, you, I'm going back in. I was like, what? And you said, and I quote. That was awkward. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and I quote, well, it's a bit more awkward now that you said that. Right. <laughs> Can I buy you something to drink? And you said, no, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> and you walked away. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, 
there's that. <laughs> I'm really shy. Um, contrary to belief, I'm really shy of meeting people new. So <laughs> I'm sitting there, and uh, a friend of mine, Nicole, who's a Sharks and Shooters regular, is listening to this interaction. Yeah. And I turn around, and you then walked in. And I turn around, and we make eye contact. And she's like, "Go back to country." <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> I went and bought her a drink. You come out the bathroom again, you drink. The rest is history. Started seeing each other. Um, it didn't take long. A couple, two, three months, we moved in with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going over to your house, and I was uh, I was just a friend. You know what I'm saying? To everybody. <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I was just a family friend. Yeah, that come to hang out. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the rest is history. We've had some ups and downs. You came and watched a couple of my wrestling shows. Mm -hmm. Um, you you were there when I got in my accident, and I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks, and had come out and learn how to walk again. Yeah. Um, you've been there through a lot. Um. Oh, when I met you, you were a manager at a restaurant bar, right? Yeah, I was wait staff manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, where at? Um, uh, the spicy pickle. The spicy pickle. Everybody's yeah. got drunk at the spicy pickle. Yeah, yeah. Sharif gave me a job, and and or Rosa's history like it, it was it was and, good and, and when i met you you were going to school for the vet class yep yeah yeah, yeah. i was yep. trying to take classes because i wanted to work with animals and um animals the animals <laughs> but little furries but um yeah uh i don't know okay so we had this kitten show up on the porch one day and it was really sick and you know i don't know from taking care of that trying to trying to help it is what made me go in that direction because I was like, well, you know, I really enjoy this and I really care and I want to do what I can to help. And, um, yeah. So then I started working at a place I work at. So, um, so fast forward, we were living together. You're working at the restaurant. Um, when that deal run its course at the restaurant, um, you want to take some time off, finish school, or maybe you had already finished school. I can't remember, but you wanted to take a little time off, mm -hmm. and I think you took like maybe a month off. And um, was I it? It was like two weeks. It took two weeks. We're gonna call it a month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you asked me, you was like, "What? What do I need to do? What, what should I do?" And I told you, I was like, "Look, you going to school for this?" I said, "Go do that." You were worried about the money because you're taking a stream picket because you were making more money than I was. And I was making $32 an hour at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, and with a, tips and all, you were making pretty good money. Yeah. It's a big pay cut. But everybody knows when you go into vet medicine, there. You Whenever don't go you start into out from it, the ground with level the with anything, you're not yeah, going to make you, money. You don't go into it for the money. I mean, it's. 
Yeah. I mean, people think that because they charged us these ridiculous fees and blah, 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 that it's because we got it. You know, that was a stressful time for yeah, you. It, but they just don't understand all the things yeah. that go into paying for stuff at the vet hospital. Like, I mean, yeah. the lights. You, the were, building, you, the, were, you were in a, in a bad place when you uh, made that jump mentally yeah. because it was very stressful for you because we had a comfortable living. You know, even mm-hmm. though we weren't together long, we had a very comfortable, you know, cushion. We had a, you know. With my paycheck and your check and all that. And then it quit coming. Once I quit coming and then, excuse me. And then, you know, to take that cut was, was, was scary. Oh, yeah. And you, and you, and I remember I talked to you and I was just like, look, you just got to trust, you know. Mm-hmm. And you did and you did it. And now, we're not going to name where you work at, <laughs> but the animal uh, veterinarian uh, facility that you work at now, uh, you've actually been there how long? Four years? Five years. Five December. years. Five, December makes five years. Yeah. Holy cow. So in five years, you've gone from making like minimum wage to making pretty good and and climbing the ladder in those five years. Don't worry. I'm not going to disclose how much you make. <laughs> I saw the face. <laughs> it's not that I don't want people, but, but I'm gonna people let people know. can't. I know. We're not supposed to disclose. I'm going gonna, to let people know without letting people know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We we do make a lot better now. It's 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 decent and um, yeah, it. I can't complain. I mean, it's it. That's right. A lot better than what I've had, and I've had to make do with bare minimum. And I, I'm humble, you know. And you're I'm, a lot happier too. I've noticed because yeah. when you were going to that restaurant, it was it was real stressful for you. Uh, working doubles, coming home, getting called out at two o'clock in the morning to go do things to close up because you know other people weren't feeling their responsibilities. Um, and now you like what you do, you love what you do, you love the people you work with, and uh, I really don't hear you complain a whole lot about where you work at or anything that you have to do at work because you know because the love of what you do. Right. Um, somebody told me a while back. Find something that you love doing, and it'll never be work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you feel like it ain't work? She's like, no, no, motherfucker, I bust my ass. <laughs> I do, and everybody does. There, it's um, it's been stressful because we've been really short, and um, right now with are y'all hiring? No, not at the moment. No, we are short. We are short. Did I hire them? No. Wow. Because you know they. They have to. They have a payroll budget, and uh, right now it's just not in it to hire someone else. Yeah. So they're doing their best to get you know where they want to be, so that they possibly can. Yeah. But right now, no, and um, that's so it's putting a lot more on everybody else. But we're making it. The girls are great. We're doing the best they can that we can for the you know to pull together as a team, and we got pretty great leaders and. Well, good. Everything sounds good. Everything sounds like it's going the way you want it right now, mm-hmm. the way we want it right now. I know when we first got together, this was our vision. We all we all wanted to be happy. I'm in a place where I'm happy right now. You're in a place where you're happy right now. We bought a house. We're married. We got everything we want. We're in debt up to our balls, but we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, we're going to take a break. But uh, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back for the second part with Deborah Williams on Chewing the Fat. <laughs>
North Carolina, are you ready for ESW? ESW presents Retaliation, coming November 19th to the Lenore County Fairgrounds. Doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is 7 p.m. Come on down and see all the stars of Extreme Shock Wrestling. Austin Shadows takes on Chris Hagen. The one, the only, Jordy Bulldog. Sean Denny will go head-to-head -head with one of the members of the Enterprise, Jake Holiday. Also, championship action. The Divine Dynasty will challenge the champions, the Radical City Kings, for the Tag Team Championships. Also, a Kinston Street fight. The champion, Dwayne Allen the Assassin, will take on challenger Dustin Tarr with Vic Biggs in Dwayne Allen's corner. Now, the stipulation is, if Dustin Tarr is victorious, Vic Biggs is no longer employed with Extreme Shock Wrestling. Also, for the first time ever, we crown a Extreme Shock Wrestling Champion as Tim takes on the brute, Mark James. These two are the best in the business, the best on the East Coast, and the best in the Mid-Atlantic region. You don't want to miss this. November 19th, Kinston, North Carolina. It's going to get violent. All right, we are back. Um, so we talked about uh, your upbringing, how we met. Um, talked about buying a house. Talked about getting married. Um, so let's dive in and talk about your our work situations. Uh, let's dive into uh, what we do for fun. We're involved in a lot of extracurriculars. We seems like we have always have something going on and people have come up to us and been like, man, y'all are always on the go. We're like, well, no, we want to slow down so bad, but then we don't. <laughs> we I just, mean, there's time for that. There's time to slow down. And right now we're, you know, young and we're having we fun. haven't been able to do stuff like this in a while. And so when we get the opportunity to go and we can afford it, yeah, we're going to jump on it. Like right. it, it's not often. Like we, it might look like it's a lot, but it's really not. I yeah, mean, it's, somebody's like, you're always going to a concert or out of town or to the race. Like we've, I've never been to a NASCAR. I've been a NASCAR fan my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I told you, I was like, hey, you was like, you asked me one time a couple of years ago. You said, <clears throat> what's one thing you've always wanted to do that you've never been able to do? I was like, I always want to go to a NASCAR race. Mm -hmm. Why don't you go? I was like, <laughs> right? I never thought of that. <laughs> Why don't I go? <laughs> so. Um, I never thought about it really. I just, I can sit on the, I, can, I always thought that I could sit on the couch and get a better view, better seat, and anything would be that great, be around a bunch of people all the time, you know, hollering and screaming and loud cars. You know, I thought it'd be cool to go to one, just, you know, see what it's like. And then I was listening to the Dale Jr. download, uh, and Dale Jr. said that he was going to run the Martinsville Spring Race mm. in Xfinity. Mm -hmm. And I remember I called you right <laughs> then, and I was like, this could be the last time I get to see Dale Jr. race. And yeah. I've always wanted to see him race. I didn't get to see Dale Sr. race when I, when I was little. I want to go see it. And you were like, well, do we got the money? I was like, right now, we do. And you was like, well, do it. So I did it. We went to all three races. <laughs> and for Rose. And for all three. <laughs> the whole in April time. In Martinsville, Virginia. Yeah. And, and it was a fun time. I had a great time. Um, and I got hooked. Like I, I am hooked on going to these races now. Like I'm having a good time and it ain't just about the party or the drink. 
it ain't just about the partying or the drinking. It's it's about I don't know what it's about, but it's it's fun to me. I like sitting. You know, you seen me in the living room. You know, I'm standing at the TV. I'm hollering at the TV. So pacing, pacing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Damn these commercials. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so when we're there, it's it's great. It's it's a, it's, it's yeah. It's you don't awesome. gotta wait for the commercials to see what's happening. Yeah. That's right. And you wanted to do. Um, so I said, well, you know, we're doing things I want to do. We went to a Jamie Johnson concert. We went to the races. We did this. We did that. We're going to bike rides. We do stuff in the motorcycle club. But I said, babe, what do you want to do? And well, this is before, actually, this was before the races came around. We were still going to concerts and doing what I wanted to do. And you wanted to do it until you was having fun, but mainly it was because of me. Yeah. And you said, well, you know, I'd like to go see Luke Combs, but he's really expensive. So <laughs> I was like, well, scratch that. <laughs> and one day I was sitting at work and I had a little extra money in my bank account. I had to pay the bills. And I came across my screen that Luke Combs was going to be in Raleigh. So I surprised you with tickets. Yeah. And we were going to go. And then COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to wait like a year and a half. Yeah. But we finally went, had a good time. Um, everywhere we go. It was a great show. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Combs put, uh, Luke Combs put on a great An show. An amazing that, show. Yeah, was, and everybody kept mistaking you for him. Yeah. And they were looking at you like. <laughs> they were like, dude, you got to be on stage in 10 minutes. <laughs> Doing double takes when you were passing by. It was crazy. Because you had the hat and, I mean. The beard. I'm a bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of yeah. fit the profile. Yeah. A lot of people say I look like uh, Johnny Depp or Leonardo. Oh, no. you know? do they? Huh? Yeah. I ain't really got Luke Combs for <laughs> <laughs> So, um, and it seems like everywhere we go, whether it be a, a – like we went to the Mudcats game, the ball game. We went to the races. We went to the concerts. Everywhere we go where we have assigned seats, we have to make sure we get a aisle seat. Yes, because Jeremy will go pee every five minutes. If I'm drinking beer, <laughs> <laughs> I will go to the bathroom every chance I get. Uh, the last 20 laps of the Darlington race, I had to hold it. Damn. Yeah, it was bad, but <laughs> it worth it. Um, so, yeah, we do a lot. We have a lot of fun. We do stuff in the motorcycle clubs. Um, I got a Harley, thanks to you. Um, you co-signed for me to get a Harley because you're the one with the bomb-ass credit. <laughs> Never had that. I've, actually, I did have good credit one time. Um, I got a Harley. We got a we got a what was the first Harley? We got a 2011 Ultra Classic. Mm-hmm. And if you're a bigger guy and you want a cruiser, I may suggest getting a a, a Ultra Classic. It's a Cadillac. And then before we can make our first payment, we went to Myrtle Beach, 4th mm-hmm. of July weekend. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we all went down there and we were at the, um, the Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. And we were about to sit down at Margaritaville and watch fireworks. Right down the and water. And Devin had to go, get, go some, some, get some Tylenol from the first aid kit. And that was on the bike. Yeah. My car was parked right across the aisle from, from bike. the bike. So Devin knew to look for the car and then 
turned to the left. Well, when he got there, it won't there. And so he called. He was like, did y'all move the bike? <laughs> I was like, no, what do you mean? Did we move the bike? And he was like, it's not here. I was like, Devin, are you sure you're in the right spot? He's like, yeah. I was like, do you see my car? He said, yeah, I'm looking at your car. I said, okay, turn around. He was like, it's not there. And I was like, oh my gosh. All right, well, I'll be there in a second. Well, before I can even turn, Jeremy's up out of his seat and he's running the, like around the other side where I'm walking to the left. He went to the right and I didn't even know he was already halfway there. But um, yeah, we got there and there was no bike. So we had to. It's been a very, very long time since I've been that upset. Thankfully, we had my car there so that we could all get back without having to call somebody to come get us. I was, that was a miserable ride for me. Yeah. That was a miserable ride for me. Mm. I remember the security office that I was talking to for the Broadway. Um, I was talking to them, and they were like, well, we got some security guards on the way to help you look for your bike. And I was like, what? My bike's gone. Like, we need police officers i need like y'all have surveillance and they asked me and they said well um what part of the parking lot is it and i told them and they said well we don't have any cameras over there and i said why not well we try to focus on we try, <laughs> we try to tearing stuff up over here. we try to focus on more important areas of the parking lot oh that was the wrong thing to say to me. <laughs> oh yeah you went off and then these guys come up on these bicycles, ching, ching. Mm-hmm. Hey, you the one. Didn't, now, then he started talking to me like I was stupid. Are you sure you didn't move it and you just don't, man? Anyway, that was a bad couple of months. Finally got it paid off. They paid it off on a Tuesday. We paid the difference. It was like seven or $800. I paid it. As soon as they got paid their end, I paid our end. That was a Tuesday. We were signing papers on the 2013 Road Glide we have now on Friday. So Tuesday to pay, we, we had it paid off. Friday we were signing papers on another bike. Yeah, because you used your overtime. Yeah, had to go. Had to have it. Yeah, couldn't live without it. Had to have a bike. <laughs> and I was part of a motorcycle club too. Can't be in a club without a bike. True that. True that. True that. But they were very supportive, and I'm grateful. Um, so we are putting together a I've been kind of teasing this on Facebook and I finally made it official April 8th in Nashville, North Carolina uh, me and you are coming together and with a partner uh, Louis Schrader and with the help of Joe Crisp we are putting together a pro wrestling event coming back to Nashville where we used to run at. And um, what what did I say? April 8th. <clears throat> and I'm super excited about that. Um, when I came to you about it, I thought I was going to get resistance. But there was no resistance. And you were, you were with it. You were like, that's cool. Do it. I'm down. I got you back. Let's go. And that... uh. That really, like, you know, I kind of approached it tiptoeing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I even waited to give you that, you know, to throw the idea to you. But well, the only reason, the only thing I'm against is you getting in the ring because of your injury. And I don't want you to, con- I don't want you to hurt yourself more than you already have. Your body has um, been through enough. 
And I don't think that it would be safe for you to get in with the rod in your leg and well, the screws in your knee. Well, I'm not going to say anything, but just keep your ear to the ground because I might, might have one more in me. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I got a ways to go. I've been trying to go to these, uh, to uh, the extreme shock wrestling training sessions and trying to work off my ring rust and try, just try to get in a little better shape and ring awareness and stuff like that and working with some guys, um, spreading my knowledge when I can, um, when it's needed, when it's asked. My opinion is asked. I try to know my role. Um, I do. I mean, you can't just go into somebody else's school and just start you know, telling people how shitty their work is. You know. know your role. Yeah, you got to know your role, man. You got to be respectful. Um, and it took me a long time to learn that in the wrestling business. Um, but I'm excited to be doing this together. Um, I'm excited to uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be part of something again. You know, I'm part of the motorcycle club, but I'm, ex- I'm super excited about being – by uh, bringing wrestling back and bringing it back with you as a partner. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's a lot of other things that we want to do too, but we're going to do one step at a time. Yeah. And uh, you've been losing weight. Ah, man, I, lost, I lost a couple pounds. Been doing really good. I lost, a couple pounds. I lost so, about 30 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so when we got married, I was two, I mean, I'm sorry, I was 326-ish. Yeah. And at my heaviest, I was 336. I weighed in this morning at 302. Thank you, sir. Yep. So I'm super excited about that. I'm ready to get below 100, uh, 300. I'm ready to get below 100, God. I'm going to be sick. Yeah. Um, my, my goal weight right now is 250. Uh, that was the weight that I wrestled in, uh, at my, you know, my best shape. I was 250. I was, you know, small. I was, I weighed less than that, but I wasn't in good shape. You know what I mean? Yeah. I looked good, but I wasn't in good shape. That makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I packed on a few pounds since we got together. How much did I weigh with me and you got together? 240? Yeah, around there. Yeah. So uh, I was skinnier. Well, so was I. We, me and you split up for a while, and I when when we got back together, I was like two twenty. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I was. I thought you weren't drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You asked me. Like, I was like, you on something? Why you lose so much weight so quick? Did you get back on pills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't eat right. Yeah, I wasn't eating right at all. Um. But I came back around, got the home cooked meals, and packed on the pounds. Packed on about a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm working out six days a week and eating good and eating healthy. So yeah. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to so, oh, <coughs> it's Christmas. It's the holiday season. It's not Christmas yet. It's the holiday season. Thanksgiving. We're putting <coughs> up the tree tomorrow. Not, not tomorrow. Yeah. No. You tell me the weekend. Tomorrow starts the weekend. You promised. Bruh, it's too you soon. You promised. It's too soon. You want to do this on air? You want to do this on air? Let's go. We can do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Tree's going up this weekend. We already found a place for Y'all, it. Y'all, somebody agree with me. Thanksgiving needs to be honored first. Man, 
I think it's too soon. But you want to watch Christmas movies and you want to go Christmas shopping and buy Christmas decorations. Yeah. But I don't want it's to beginning decorate to, for it's it. Beginning to, you're fine with it to begin to look a lot like Christmas everywhere but our house. Because I don't want to do the work. <laughs> God, man. I told you I'd do the work. I'd put the tree up. Okay. And what really do you have to do? All you have to do, I don't know, last year we tried to decorate the tree and you made it impossible to decorate the tree. It ha- Explain, please. Those lights. I thought I was going to strangle you with those lights. <laughs> I have a particular way of doing things and sorry. My way would have worked just fine. Uh, you were falling them was, up. I was not. Yes, you were. I was not. Yeah, you were. No. You, I, there was one. I remember this. Every time you grabbed it, I had to keep untangling it. <laughs> I, re, I remember this one part very, very clearly. I put the strand of lights on these branches, and you grabbed it. You went, you smacked your lips, and you moved them up one <laughs> branch. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> And I then I think, you, I and like then I, way. well, well, and then I think when the tree was lit up, you moved them back, right. and still blame me for it. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you string do the lights, right. and I, I'll I'll help you with everything else. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I hate putting like and. If it was a real tree, you wouldn't have no problem with it because I'm out there working to get the stand straight and all that and cutting the fucking the the trunk and all that and the limbs and so bring let's it in. Let's talk about why we can't do a real tree. Right, go ahead. Because the dogs and the cat will drink the dang on tree trunk water. No matter what you do to cover the, the base of the tree up to keep <laughs> them out of it, they will still push through the barrier and drink the tree water. Yeah, so and we we had talked about the presents will be soaking wet like they were last year. We had talked about wiring up a one twenty like fence around the tree so like they try to go to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you're an electrician, hook it up. <laughs> yeah, and then the cat kept climbing it and knocking the the ornaments down and rolling the balls, and then I think they broke several because they were playing with it like it was a toy. I always said that I would never have a cat. In my house. But you love him now. Because he's the only one that loves me in the house. <laughs> so. Well, you did save him and bring him to the house. <laughs> I worked at a tobacco processing plant. And me and my buddy Joe. Y'all, some of y'all know Joe Joe. So me and Joe, we, uh, it was this cat. Kitten. It was a little small kitten. And some of the uh, women that worked there in one of the parts rooms was scared of this cat at night and they made a joke. I don't know if it was a joke or what, but one of them said, a couple of them said, we're going to kill it. I think they said it just to piss us off. Oh yeah. It pissed me off. So I called Deborah and I tell her and she's like, well, catch it in a trap and bring it here and I'll take it to work and get it checked out. Make sure it's all good to go. Then we'll get it adopted out. I'm like, great. Did that cat was wild. (laughs) And this thing was a tiny kitten, no bigger than a beer can. He wasn't that tiny. He was about four or five months old when you found him. So he was he was a good four pounds already. Anyway. So he uh 
brought him home. The next day, she took him. I said, don't. I said, make sure you find that cat a home today. She was like, no problem. That evening, <clears throat> she pulls up in the yard from work. She's got the wait, cat. Wait, rewind. Because I didn't take him the very next day because we were not open the next day. Oh, yeah. I kept him at the house in the kennel um, for the whole weekend until I took him Monday, you which wanted, gave him time. You to, wanted me to put him outside, and I was like, no, in the kennel. No. On the porch. No, it was too cold then. It was like December. Oh, okay. No, because you you brought you brought him in the back of your truck, right? Because so, I didn't want you to take him out of it. I was scared that he would you would not be able to get him out of your truck safely. So, anyway, days went by. Yes. Yeah, so by that time, he'd had time to ad- kind of sort of adjust and realize that we were not going to hurt him. Uh, that we were feeding him. He had a litter box, which he instantly started using. Like, we never had a problem with that. Um, which was in the kennel. Yeah. Um, and he got used to Jack's being in there. So, Deborah goes to work, comes back that evening. Mm-hmm. Out comes the cat carrier, litter box, bag of litter, food, toys, treats. Cat had a home. <laughs> I was not happy about it, but uh, cat kind of grew on me. I like the cat. All of our animals have names that are named after characters from um, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Anarchy. Who are they? Who are they? Jax is the first. Jax. Chibs is the cat. It's the second. Mm-hmm. And Gemma is the new addition. And every single one of these animals that we've ever had. She has picked. I haven't picked not nair animal. <laughs> you will. No, that's not true. Because when we had truth. Sadie, you did have a say so and you said we could keep her and we paid the adoption fee. That was the only her. choice I had. It was either Sadie or no dog at all. Well, I wasn't going to get a dog, but Sadie needed a home, and Sadie, I just got tired. I really Sadie was my really baby. hurt my feelings that she's had to sit in the kennel every day because it was really hard for them to find a suitable home. And it was it was getting to the point where they were doctor, um, the doctor that um, owned her at the time um, was about to send her to a rescue. And I had been there with her for two years and I mean, I loved that dog. Like every weekend I worked, I would take her outside and play with her out in the kennel. And um, she'd uh, come inside and and hang out in daycare when I was working. And I, I mean, I just spent as much time with her when I could there. And then when we moved to that tra- the trailer in Nashville, it had a fenced-in backyard. And I was like, this is what she needs. Like, she needs a big open yard like this to run and let all the energy out. Because she was wild. Wild. Like, she would, people would walk her at work and she would literally knock them off their feet. Walk them. She would knock them off their feet. Not because she was, like, mean, but just that she would literally run up under your feet and knock you off. She was rambunctious. Yeah. And... (laughs) She even did it to Landon that first weekend we brought her home. She, she went right between his legs and he flew up in the air. And thank God he didn't break anything. But but Sadie was um, one of the best dogs we ever had. Sadie became a a really really 
nice part of the family and uh she adjusted very fast yeah yeah she calmed down a lot and she listened mm-hmm. t- to me the best listening dog i've had and um yeah that was that was daddy's girl right there and i, I missed that girl and uh, she passed away a couple of christmases ago and i absolutely devastated us uh since being together we've been through a, a lot of ups and downs and a lot of um tragedies um yeah. A lot of people close to us have passed away. Uh, my cousin, Terry, passed away. Um, that was kind of devastating. My best friend, Tyler Brazel, um, passed away. Best friend I ever had. Best friend I probably ever have. Um, no offense to the, you know, to my friends now, but, you know, he was just, he was it. He was, he was the kind of friend everybody, you know, that, that you wanted. Um, you were there with me through that. I still struggle with that. I try not to let it show every day, but... Every day I think about him. Every day I struggle with it. Every day I have, you know, a moment um, when I reflect back on, you know, times we've had. And you're always there for me when I need you. So I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, we got now we got Jax, Gemma, and Chibs. And mm-hmm. um, I want a Basset Hound so bad. I can't stand it. Alan and Chrissy. <laughs> So friends of ours. Actually, Alan is more like a father figure to me. Uh, he helped raise me. And um, um, when we got married, I actually called him out on our thank you speech for coming back into my life and being a big part of my life. And uh, we share a lot of the same interest. And, uh, yeah, that, that man means a lot to me. And um, I, just, I just don't know, you know, looking now, I don't want to – you know, lose them again. Yeah. I don't want to go without not being around them. Um, I get emotional thinking about it. Um, so I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want to be boohooing up here, but mm. you know, the man means a lot to me. And if anything mm-hmm. ever happened to him, then it would probably de- destroy me. Well, him and Christy are good people. Chrissy. 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 That's a Christy. You did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Chrissy and him are good people. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're great, uh, wonderful, wonderful people. Everybody should have a Chrissy and Alan in their life. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyway, moving on. Um. Yeah. So here we are, our new home. Got our. Our fur babies, we got our other two big babies that live with us. A 19-year-old, I have a stepson that you brought into my life. He was 13 or 14 at the time that I met him. And then there's the 16-year-old who was 10 or 11 when I met him. He's 11. 11. And um, uh, they're knuckleheads sometimes, and they don't listen sometimes. But a lot of times they do. And, uh, you know, I try to teach them the right way, even though a lot of times I don't do things the right way. I'd rather them do what I say and not as I do. Right. <laughs> but I'm very proud of them boys and what they've, what they're doing with their life right now. Um, Devin has his, you know, he's getting his stuff together. He's uh, working at uh he's a, a higher up in the um, car wash. He likes it. He's doing pretty good. He actually sat down with me here the other night and uh, told me his plans and what the future might hold for him. And we're super excited about that. Uh, Landon, on the other hand, is still in school. 
He's a jun- No, he's a freshman. He's a sophomore. Sophomore. I just went through all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's something. He goes to school every day. I know that. <laughs> uh, he's a knucklehead. He uh, He's a little harder to try to figure out sometimes. But uh, the main thing about Landon is you got to be consistent and persistent with him. Yeah. Does that mean the same thing? Mm-hmm. Persistent. Anyway, you got to be – I, I learned from you and from them that you can't treat them the same. You got to treat them accordingly. Yes. And yeah, because they're like night and day. Yeah. Where yeah. Land Devin is more outgoing. Well, he's he's very chill, and he's never been like really hard to get along with. And he's more open too. And he's respectful, and he's mindful of before he. You know, I think he he thinks before he speaks whereas landon does not think before he speaks yeah and he even at 16 Devin that, was yeah you know not like that it gets landon in a lot of trouble yeah but i think he'll be all right um he's coming a long way since he was younger um, oh yeah they both have like they yeah. they have landon and Devin both have far. matured a lot and we're yeah. very proud of them and uh all right y'all we're gonna take our last break we'll come back with a conclusion with my wife Deborah Williams. North Carolina, are you ready for ESW? ESW presents Retaliation, coming November 19th to the Lenore County Fairgrounds. Doors open at 6 p.m. Bell time is 7 p.m. Come on down and see all the stars of Extreme Shock Wrestling. Austin Shadows takes on Chris Hagen. The one, the only, Jordy Bulldog, Sean Denny, will go head-to-head with one of the members of the Enterprise, Jake Holiday. Also, championship action. The Divine Dynasty will challenge the champions, the Radical City Kings, for the Tag Team Championships. Also, a Kinston Street fight. The champion, Dwayne Allen the Assassin, will take on challenger Dustin Tarr with Vic Biggs in Dwayne Allen's corner. Now, the stipulation is, if Dustin Tarr is victorious, Vic Biggs is no longer employed with Extreme Shock Wrestling. Also, for the first time ever, we crown a Extreme Shock Wrestling Champion as Tim takes on the Brute, Mark James. These two are the best in the business, the best on the East Coast, and the best in the Mid-Atlantic region. You don't want to miss this. November 19th, Kinston, North Carolina. It's going to get violent. What's up, listeners? Portshot Williams here, and I'm here to tell you about the Free Riders Motorcycle Club, River Falls Chapter in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. These guys got a lot going on right now. Okay, we've got big events coming up, but the most recent one coming up, November 19th. If you can't make it to Extreme Shock Wrestling in Kinston, make sure you make it to Roanoke Rapids. They're going to have quarts of stew for sale, homemade stew cooked over a wood fire. That's right, the best on the east coast hands down i promise if it's not i'll pay for it myself now many things are 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 happening with the free riders right now 
one to stew sale. Yes, you got to try it. I think they're $10 a quart. Now, also, plenty of raffles going on. We got raffles for cash prizes. We got raffles for yard equipment, weed eaters, and a brand new zero-turn lawnmower. You do not want to pass this up. Guys, the raffle tickets are only $10 a piece. Go up there, spend you a few dollars. Maybe you walk away with some cash, a zero-turn lawnmower, and definitely a full belly. You don't want to miss it. All right, welcome back for the conclusion with Deborah Williams on Chewing the Fat. Now, the election, the midterms just happened, okay? I haven't kept up with it today. I don't really know what's going on as of right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to look it up right now while we sit here. Um, why are you shaking your head? You don't want to talk about it? Mm-mm. Why not? Why not? You don't want to You want to keep dealing with the same crap we've been dealing with? No, I just don't like talking about politics. Uh, I'm talking about the politics. I just want to know if we won the house back. Let's see. It looks like it's still going on. (laughs) Georgia's got to do a runoff. Imagine that. So if we win Georgia and Nevada and Arkansas, we got majority. Or not Arkansas, uh, Alaska. So anyway, thanks for coming on the show. Um, like we covered quite a bit. You think everybody got to know you? Anything that you want to say about yourself or about anything while you're up here? Give any shout outs or promote anything, whatever? Mm, I don't think so. You don't? No. But hey, yes. Okay. So if you need some dog sitting services, I'm your girl. <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> Hit her up on Facebook at yes. Deborah Williams. If you can't find her, go to Deborah Williams. She's you my need, wife. You need potty visits. You need someone to stay over and take care of your pets. Let's talk about that for a minute. Whatever. Let's I even about- bring them to my house because my dogs get along great with other dogs. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. That's what you do for side work. You go out and you take care of the people's animals. Okay. Sometimes cool. you stay overnight. Sometimes you mm-hmm. just go a couple of two, three times a day to feed them and let them out. Yeah, whatever they want. Whatever they want. Because Cats, dogs, iguanas, alligators. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, I don't do the reptiles. No. Do reptiles. No. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Um, birds? Yeah, I can, I can feed some birds. Feed the birds? Uh, horses, pigs, chickens. I mean, yep. In a reasonable distance, I will do it. But yeah. if it's... She's not driving to Durham, y'all. Further than... You know, if yeah. it didn't, no, I'm not going to go that far. But right. And she can even administer medicine, too, if need be. Yes. Insulin, any kind of medication they Anything. have. Yep. Anything. No, I'll make sure they get it. But, um, um, yeah. And, and for, a, for, a, for a small extra fee, she'll even clip their nails and give them a bath. Yeah, I can do that. If they're good at letting you do nails. Not all dogs are. Sometimes you need assistance. Yeah. So if they're not good, don't do it because I'm not going to assist her. <laughs> have you thought of a name for your little sad hustle 
no. Uh. It's not because it's not like I'm not running a business. I'm just you know, it's a little extra income for like to to make up for. So things. why don't you make a business? Um, <laughs> I, I just don't. You have more work than you can stand. More money. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to get rich off of it. I just, I mean, I do it to supplement income to make sure that we're not like so tight after paying bills to make sure it's, you know, money for things we might need around the house groceries. But like any other household, like extra money is yeah. good. Yeah. And I mean, it helps, but I also do it because I love working with animals. Then I want so much more than I do people because I love people, but I love animals more. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I mean, because I'm a little socially awkward. Uh, so, but dogs kind of like help me get over that awkwardness. So, like, if I'm going somewhere and you introduce me to someone new, but they've got a pet, that's my way of like coping with the whole like different situation that I'm in. And it helps like kind of relax me. Yeah. So, I, get it. I like, I mean, just I enjoy working with animals, period. I totally get it. All right. Well, anything else? Mm-mm. Mm. <laughs> but thanks for finally coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I actually called her today. I was like, I want to do a podcast. Come be on my show. She was like, okay. <laughs> 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 so we grabbed a couple beers and we headed on out here and we did our thing. Y'all I hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all uh, continue to listen in and support us and support me on this podcast and everything that we do. Uh, keep your ears to the ground. Keep, keep listening. Keep, keep looking. Uh, we're going to keep you up to date on the on the show that we're putting together for April 8th in Nashville, North Carolina. It's going to be Max Pro Wrestling, Maximum Adrenaline Experience Pro Wrestling. So keep your ear to the ground about that. Uh, Deborah. I love you, and I thank you for coming on the show. I thank you for everything you do. Thank you for always being there for, for me, and thank you for always supporting me. And uh, I don't know what I'd do without you. Ditto. <laughs> All right, y'all. That's Chewing the Fat with Poor Child Williams with Deborah Williams. Alright, got a little bonus material for you. I thought y'all were gone. Guess what? We ain't gone. Just when you think you got rid of us, we're back. Alright. So, Deborah has uh, been wanting to tell me this story about her redneck ingenuity and I can't think of anything that would be better than my redneck urinal that I put in my man cave. <laughs> it's not. It's probably not better, but it's funny. <laughs> but she's been dying to tell the story, so I told her to save it for the podcast, and we completely forgot about it. So here we go. Please tell the story. So when I got home from picking the boys up from school, I walked in the door, and when the sun hits the floor, you can see where Jax is fur is all over the floor <laughs> it's like i sweep it every single day but it it don't look like it <laughs> so i have to go through with the dust mop every single day and um well i noticed that there was like little little bunt like dust bunnies behind the couch and i couldn't reach them and it was either pull the couch out to get behind it or come up with something different well <sighs> there was a bunch of leaves on the front porch so I went and got the blower. <laughs> I blew the leaves off of the front porch. And then I go back inside and I was like, oh, well, you know what? That actually might blow the stone off of my couch. 
And so <laughs> I took the blower and uh positioned it to where it went like hit the bottom underneath behind it and it pushed all of it uh, out from underneath it and it just yeah and so I you use a leaf blower in our living room <laughs> yeah. huh. but it worked it really worked and <laughs> i was able to kind of push it all to one side of the room and then go through with a dust mop <laughs> oh my god it worked. This is what I deal with, y'all. This is what I deal with. I didn't feel like moving them couches. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it got all of this stuff because it even got what was under the table. So get your feedback, <laughs> y'all. If Has anybody ever used a leaf blower in their living room or anywhere in their house? Anybody use any yard tools in your house? Like anybody ever <laughs> cranked up a weed eater and was like, I'm going to trim these flowers up on the, on, you know, on the mantle. <laughs> <laughs> you got a little bit of dirt on dust and fur on the bookshelf, but I had to dust it anyway, so I just <laughs> wiped it off. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> yeah, so that's my redneck ingenuity. <laughs> Doesn't beat my urinal. <laughs> <laughs> no. Still a good story. Thanks for sharing that story. <laughs> If you have a Redneck Ingenuity story, please share with us. Um, go on our Facebook uh, where we'll post this. You can uh, go back to it and comment under there and tell your story. Or there's this little thing on um, on Anchor where you can go up there and go to anchor.com or anchor.fm and um, give us your feedback there. So, uh, yeah. Anything else, babe? Nope, that's about it. All right, we're really gone this time. <laughs> Say bye. Bye. <laughs> that's Deborah Williams on Chewing the Fat.